0: Love Talk Radio. Oh mama, I'm in fear for my
1: life from the long arm of the law. Got miles to go before we sleep. The lawman is putting to my running and I'm so far from my home. We will not go home. gently. We will unleash hell here in December. Oh mama, Hey, somebody fix this guy's buckle. I'd like to play man, football. I'm
0: coming down from the gallows, and I don't have very long.
1: But for the Pittsburgh Steelers right now, after a 16-13 win coupled with a Cleveland Browns loss to the Baltimore Ravens who won the AFC North, the song should pretty much be the Eagles' Desperado because that's where the Pittsburgh Steelers are right now. But luckily, as Jim Carrey would say in Dumb and Dumber, the 1994 hit, so you're Still saying we've got a chance. It's fourteen to seven right now in Tennessee. No one knows if that's going to hold up to be a tie. I pretty much doubt it, but you've got to hope because our Steelers right now are in desperation mode. Hello, once again, my friends, and welcome to the Steelers Hangover. I think all of us have that uh, the banging and clanging in our melons after. Uh, after the win, it still feels like a loss because of the way the season has come down, especially what happened, the hope that was happening in Charm City in Baltimore, but turned out to be just a mirage as the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield could not finish up the miracle to give us help. I'm Brian Anthony Davis. With me, as always, is my good friend Anthony Deffio. And we're here to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers' fortunes of the team and uh, basically sit here and just uh, hope and pray that they could somehow make the playoffs. But pretty much by the end of the show, we're probably going to have to face reality. What do you think, Tony Defeo? Oh, uh,
0: yuck. It's just uh, I can't believe how uh, the last six weeks ended. But, um, oh, well, what are you going to do? Uh they, they made their own bad note after lying in it, Brian.
1: You, you've got it. Mike Tomlin said that last week. Yeah, they're definitely lying in it. Um, we could point to so many things from this season. If we want to finger point at a lot of things, there's a lot of blame to go around. Um, you know, that blame has gone around in two cities so far today, as Tampa Bay and the New York Jets have both fired coaches. So Todd Bowles and Dirk Cutter are are looking for jobs right now. Um, But I pretty much don't think that's going to happen in Pittsburgh. But I know a lot of you on the message boards and a lot of you keyboard warriors hiding behind your keyboards are uh, calling for it. But uh, that remains to be seen. Once again, you know the hangover. You know it's brought to you by Behind the Steel Curtain. Thank you for uh, joining us. For all your Pittsburgh Steeler needs, um, 10 new articles every day, Um, your up-to-date Steeler talk. We have the uh, four podcasts all week long, too. So we want to make sure that you're completely Steeler-informed, and that's what we're going to do today. So, I mean, look, it could very well still happen, but, Tony, you and I are facing reality. It's 14-7, to so there's a possibility of a tie. It's about four minutes before halftime with the Colts and the Titans, but we both know it's not going to happen. And if it does, I'll be glad to say that I was wrong, but I'm not feeling it, and I don't really think that we really need to stay up to to, uh, pray for uh, three more quarters of uh, football that ends in a tie. What do you think?
0: Uh, no, that all ended a few weeks ago, and with the L.A. loss and Denver, and <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, last week with the Saints. No, uh, they made their own bed, and and uh, no, they're gonna lie in it. And tonight, the Browns gave them everything they they could hope for as far as a uh, uh, fantastic finish, but it, it just didn't end that way.
1: So, Tony, now let's just talk about today's game. Let's uh, forget about the Browns and Ravens. Let's forget about the last 15 games of football. Let's just talk about Pittsburgh against Cincinnati. What was your knee jerk reaction of how they played in this game?
0: Uh, Wow. With everything on the line, I can't believe how anemic the offense was. I was impressed by the defense, but uh, if it was a, a, like winning your end game would be it would have been a, a great ending, but with um, uh, needing the Browns to win, it was a pretty pathetic way to end end the uh, season.
1: Well, I got to tell you this: um, I thought they were very lackluster in that game. I felt the whole time they were going to win. I wasn't that concerned. I felt that they were going to pull it out, but when you're playing against a team that does not have your number one quarterback is missing the top two wide receivers, the number one tight end, um, one of your top defenders and had one of your uh, top linemen go out of the game, um, your left tackle, and you still struggled with a three point victory. I thought that was a, a pretty bad performance. So I'm not grading them very high based on that. I mean, you know they, they did enough to win the game, and I know they were missing guys on the other side of the, on their side of the ball too. I know Vince Williams wasn't there, Sean Davis, two big parts of the defense. Um, I'm beginning to uh, rethink my pick for Team MVP, and I'm thinking that more and more it's Antonio Brown after his absence was clearly felt.
0: Oh, I agree. The offense uh, clearly wasn't the same without Antonio Brown. So, yeah, I mean, he's uh, definitely the MVP uh, this year and many years in the past.
1: You know, so, I mean, I'm looking at the offense um, against the number 32 defense in the league right now, and I'm I'm thinking at this point I got to give him a D plus, C minus maybe. I mean, if I'm being generous, it's still the holiday season. We'll give them a C-minus, but it wasn't a good performance. Uh, What are you thinking as far as that goes?
0: Well, uh, they had one touchdown and a put-six by men. Uh, Definitely a D-plus with everything on the line, and you get one score. I know know Antonio Brown was out, but still, with everything on the line, you score one touchdown against the worst defense in the league. Uh, Definitely a D-plus.
1: How about the defense? I I don't think the defense was that bad. I don't think the defense in some positions. I thought the defense gave up uh, a little too much to uh, Jeff Driscoll and a very bad offense. Uh, but you do have Joe Mixon, the leading rusher in the AFC. So, I mean, I could probably give the defense a B- minus in this game. I, I thought they came up big in some spots. What do you think?
0: Oh, absolutely. 13 points. Uh, uh, even though, like you said, a backup quarterback, uh, definitely, um, a, uh, a, a good performance with everything on the line at that point in the, in the uh, season, uh, B minus for sure.
1: Well, so with that being said, those are our grades. We have to, we usually have to give a valedictorian and there's no reason not to. I'm actually going to throw my valedictorian to, uh, Matt McCrane. I thought he was uh, the best offensive player out there. Um, what did he come up for this team? Uh, he came up with 10 points for this team. So I'm going to give it to him because no one else really stood out. I Um James Conner in his return was pretty darn good, um, but not enough to give the valedictorian to. So I'm going to give it to Matt McCrane. And uh, before I pass it over to you, I think the the people in my house, that little picture they had of him, were like, guy looks a lot like Eddie Munster.
0: What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good point, yeah. Uh, definitely. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, but um, I had no problem with him being the valedictorian because nobody else really on the offense did much, and nobody on the defense really stood out. So, yeah, definitely him. He had two. Uh, What, fourth-quarter uh, field goals? Yeah, so 147 yards. Yeah, Matt McCrane for sure.
1: You know, I don't really think there's a reason to give out any detention. They did win the game. They played with as much heart as they could possibly muster in um, what they pretty much thought was a losing situation. I loved watching them watch the game. Um, Juju, uh, Brian Allen, Cody Sensabaugh. Which I thought Cody Sensabaugh on defense came up very big at the end of the game. A lot of guys on defense yeah. did too. Um, Cam to it, um, you know. Definitely TJ. Um, Joe Hayden, who uh, Joe Hayden had a pretty good game, and he had a lot on his mind because um, I would pretty much gather that he's at the hospital with his wife right now, expecting a child, which is something very special. And uh, hats off to him, and congratulations! I hope everything goes well with the birth um, with the new Hayden coming into our world. That's pretty awesome. And uh, hey, it's a tax write-off too for Joe Hayden, isn't it? <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, and um, you know, I, feel, I kind of feel bad for him because you know, he came from Cleveland, and and they really didn't do much his first what three or four years in the league, and. Uh, last year they lost in the first round of the playoffs and this year they're not going to make the playoffs but he's definitely a pro bowler so but uh you know he had a good game and and uh all we can do is hope for for the best for next year
1: yeah and you know what that's the thing this uh i'm looking at this team and i don't think the arrow is pointing down for this team right now in fact if some kind of Crazy miracle happened. I still think they're pretty dangerous going into the playoffs. Um, I would, uh, I would think they could give a team like the Houston Texans a pretty good run. Um, but that's like I said, the, the chances are are uh, slim to none, and slim's on life support at this point. Um, but I really, I really think that uh, this team has over uh, overcome some things. They succumb to some things, too. Um, So there's a whole lot of things to talk about. But the man's opinion that I want to get is one of our very own pro bowlers and Hall of Famers here on the Steeler Hangover. His his name is Vito, and he's calling from New Jersey. And I want to see exactly what our good friend Vito has to say. Good evening, my friend.
2: Hey, Vito. Happy and healthy New Year to you and your families, first and foremost. Thank you for Mm -hmm. what you do. I've been listening to a lot of different things the last week. Whether it's ESPN, whether it's uh, Boomer Esiason, whether it's Bill Cower, all the different talking heads on the different channels. And, and the key thing that stood out to me from everything they said was underachieving season. The most important thing that puzzled me that I heard over and over and over again. And, and this was today. Boomer Esiason was saying it on Fox. Uh, on, I'm sorry, on CBS. Uh, at four o'clock, before the game even started, he said, "With all the talent this team has on both sides of the ball, to come up short the way they did this year is just very disappointing. Very disappointing because he was talking about you got a Hall of Fame quarterback, you have excellent wide receivers, you know, you have a lot of talent on defense. And he says for them to fall short the way they did, to get to this point where they needed help, it's just it's it's really a slap in the face to the organization." So the question is, what does Rooney II do with the owners? What do they do different this year? Because if you look at these last few years, especially last year, getting knocked out in the first round, that was a big slap in the face, especially underachieving with a 13 and 3 season. Come back this year, and we talked about this. You guys, we had this conversation the last couple of weeks where I said they regressed, they went backwards. There's definitely something missing that's hurting this team. Now, a lot of the talking heads this week said the difference in why they are. Nine six and one versus maybe eleven, you know, and five, or, or maybe even twelve and, and and four and one, could be the, the fact that they don't have that elite running back because James Conner has done a good job, you know, for them with Le'Veon Bell doing what he did. But they're saying what they're missing this year that they had less is they missed that one elite guy. You look at tonight's game, the way it started, they really look flat and they almost look like they felt sorry for themselves. And I think part of that has to do with, I think everybody's upset that the season came down to this where they needed help. That's never a good thing. It's different if these guys had injuries on both sides of the ball and, and they had a lot of guys out, but those three games that they lost, and, and, you know, I hate to say this over and over again, but even Ben said in the interview he would like to have that Denver game back because he feels that's a game they should have won because of you know all the yardage he put up and everything and then throwing the interception at the end and losing that game then to come back the following week against the Chargers and give up that game. So a lot of the things the announcers were saying is that they lost a handful of games by three points or less because the defense couldn't close out the game, and they had the lead in a lot of those games. So the first thing I would start at this offseason is we got to get a better defense. we got to tighten up that defense. we got to get some elite plays maybe on defense and get back to being the team that people hate to face. You look at the Baltimore Ravens right now winning the division and going into the playoffs – a lot of people are scared of that defense because of they have the shutdown secondary, which we don't have a shutdown secondary. So I think that's where it starts get back to what we once were as a defense and, and have teams be afraid to play against us like they did in the past. The other thing that they made, and, and they've done a lot of research on this, and they said, you look at Ben's numbers, he went over 5,000 yards today. And again, another game they through over 45 times team is not balanced this year. They've been throwing it nonstop. So they got away from running the ball. They're not as balanced and they said that also caused them to lose some of the games they lost because they got away from their identity of running the ball and just throwing it nonstop. So if you look at his numbers, he had 34 TDs. What do he have? 16 or 17 interceptions this year? Was it a little higher? So he leads the league in interceptions, which is not good. So that's a bad situation there. So my thing is we got to be more balanced as a team. That's number one. The team, th- This organization has to go out with this window closing and go out and put some money out there and get some key players we need to be a great team again. Because you know what? There's a few pieces missing and they have to stop being cheap and they got to go out and pay some, some key players so that we can get back and be a winning team next year. Because if you look at it, Ben just said he's coming back one more season. We don't know if he's coming back after next year. He doesn't come back after next year. What does the future of this organization hold? We may be in a downspin for a couple of years without him. Uh, let me know what your thoughts are. Happy New Year, and hopefully they can fix the problems.
1: Well, thank you for those kind words, Vito. Um, I agree with you that it is a disappointment. I think the season started off on a low note with the whole. Le'Veon Bell situation, and uh, although James Conner had a great year, his injury really killed the team, but he was never quite the closer that Le'Veon Bell was um, towards the end of the games, and that was the biggest problem with this team. Not only was the defense not able to close out games, the offense was not able to close out games either. They were never, they just did enough to win in a lot of games, and then it killed them at the end when the uh, when the defense took over, and the defense dropped it. So what I'm saying is they never had that put your foot on the throat of the opponent and choke them out. They never had that attitude. It was just sort of a lackluster demeanor the entire time. So I'm thinking that that's one thing that has to change, and I don't know how they're going to get into desperation mode Because for me I, I never Felt like uh, I never felt like They have been in desperation mode all Year, I mean they said they were Against the Saints but uh, And they did a lot to win But they just couldn't Close that game out, they couldn't close Many a game out um, The defense has never been The same since they lost Ryan Shazier And that's been 13 months now and but that's that's no excuse anymore though because you had an entire offense off season to address it there there were there are definitely some things you could have done to bring guys in now i love how they have a lot of cap room now and there's tons of cap room but What kind of excuses are they going to make? And I'm not making any excuses if they don't go out and be aggressive and spend it wisely. You've got to look at uh, the defense situation as something that needs to be fixed, and a defense can be fixed in a hurry. But the biggest fix on this defense, and I'm not one to call heads, but it's Keith Butler. Keith Butler has had an embarrassment of the – of a season it was really bad they could never adjust they uh, they just kept going with the game plan the whole time when things were going south so for me that's the first thing and he's a wonderful man he's a good dude but that's not winning football games we've seen two coaches let go already my solution is a wish but it's not going to happen Um, But my solution is you fire Keith Butler and you go ahead and you bring in a guy like Greg Williams if he's not retained as the head coach in Cleveland, and I have a feeling they're not going to retain Greg Williams. um, I would love to bring a killer like that in, an assassin like that in. And that's kind of the fire that defense needs. And you can just see with attitude and a couple tweaks with bringing some guys in that they could go ahead and fix this situation. Against them but You're absolutely right they have all The talent in the world and they squandered It so for Me That's that's really where It comes down to you know for Those of you that want Mike Tomlin gone It's not going to happen after Another winning season I mean even though this is a Disappointment it's still another winning season They're not going to do that if they're Going to do anything it's going to be Butler Butler Butler's the guy who should have went last year, but you know what? Ben's ego got in the way, and it was Ben's ego with Todd Haley got in the way, and that's exactly uh, where the ax fell, and I thought the ax fell on the wrong guy last year, um, and I, I, I still think that. I'm not I'm not uh, saying anything about uh, what Randy Featner has done. Um, I'm just saying that I didn't love a lot of his play calls, in this game as well. Um, I, I just think the play calling has, is still unimaginative, and I just don't think that they were the team that they could have been. Now, we talked last week how luck was a big factor with this team going 13-3 and last year. They had no luck this year. But you can't rely on luck all the time. You have to force the issue. They did not force the issue on offense or defense at all this year, and that's why we're praying for a tie between the Colts and Titans, and we all know how unlikely that's going to be, Vito.
2: No, but here's the thing, you know, and, and I know you guys don't want to hear this. As hard as it is for me to say this, I actually think it's a good thing that they didn't make the playoffs this year because for once in a few years – it's going to humble them. And the one thing the good Lord does to everybody who boasts and brags and, and gets complacent, he knows how to humble you. And in life, you need to be humble because when you get too prideful, something that the good Lord doesn't like. So in life, you got to be humbled, and this is their way to be humbled and say, you know what? We need to all take a look at ourselves, and we need to play a little bit better next year to do our best because there are guys that are not picking up the slack. And like you said tonight, without Antonio Brown, the offense didn't look good at all. and I'm saying to myself, you're telling me one guy changes this whole thing? How, how is that possible? To me, that that, that was very surprising, especially on the 30th-ranked defense. You would have thought, and don't get me wrong, those guys are getting paid. They get paid. They're professional. But for all the talent we have on offense, why are we looking so pathetic in this game? Now, I know what you said. You're saying they all feel bad for themselves. But you're still earning a paycheck. Go out and win the game. Win it for your fans that are there, that packed the stadium for you. You play for them because at the end of the day, if those fans don't show up, nobody's getting mm-hmm. a salary. Nobody's getting a paycheck. So at the end of the day, you, pay for the, you play for the fans. Go win it for the fans. And you know what? In the off season, you got to humble yourself and figure out where you went wrong and what you could do better because the games that they lost that they should have won Now they got to figure out what pieces are missing, and the organization is very, very stingy with the way they do things. So I don't see a lot of changes. I really don't. I really don't see them going out and get the pieces they need because they built through the draft. So they'll probably get some better draft picks this year, and hopefully that will allow them to, you know, be more competitive next year. But the big problem I think that this team lacks now that they had in years past was that number three elite receiver which we're missing now that Bell is no longer there. So for the last few years, we had a guy like that that was an elite receiver. So if Brown went down, Bell was still in the game. Now you don't have Bell anymore. You have a guy like Connor who's good, but he's not elite. So we'll see what happens. But you know what? Sometimes you lose and it humbles you back and you say, you know what, this is our last shot. Maybe they need their backs against the wall to say the window's closing and we have to make it happen next year because no one knows what's going to happen after next year.
1: You know what? Your humble comments, I have no problem with whatsoever because this is what I tell my children. When they do something wrong, instead of pouting about it, playing the game, I ask them to take five seconds and just breathe and then say, what can I do to stay out of trouble? What can I right. do to make this situation better? Where did I go wrong in this situation? Me, as a 47-year-old man, I do that all the time. I what? stop and think, what could have I done? And then sometimes, I mean, I'll talk to myself. I'll be in my car, and I'll be like, oh, that's what I did. If I would have just done this different. You know, I mean, because, look, we all err. And, but we've got to learn from these errors and missing the playoffs might be the best, te- best thing for this team. Um I do not agree with anybody saying they don't deserve to make the playoffs and the reason I I, I disagree with that anybody that deserves to be in it more. You know, I mean the Ravens yeah, Patriots. but the
2: Patriots but Patriots do one thing every year.
1: Yeah, but what I'm saying what I'm saying though the deserving thing if you put yourself in position to get close to being in there, you deserve to be in there. Um, So they're not going in, but what they've got to do is sit back and say, okay, how can we fix this and look at it and say, hey, look, we're closer to fixing it than dismantling the whole thing. So as far as I'm concerned, hope they take a long look at it and hope they don't let their stubbornness get in the way. Because at this point, protocol and business as usual is not going to get the job done. Tony, what do you think about that?
0: Well, I mean, you know, it's it's every season comes down to a few plays. And and, and uh, this year, you, you talk about Denver, you talk about Oakland, you talk about L.A. Uh, I'm sorry, they couldn't come up with, the, with the, uh, the plays at the end of those games to, to, to come out victorious. And... That's why they're out of the playoffs right now, so you know I definitely think they can definitely um uh uh you know get back on the horse next year and, and make the playoffs but 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 this year it came down to a few a few plays and uh they they just weren't good enough uh to to get their to get it done at the end of, at the end of the games last year they were uh this year not too much.
1: And that's it. They have not had luck on their side. They have not had the bounces. It's just uh, – yeah. but they haven't created the luck, and they haven't created the bounces.
2: And don't forget, they just barely won tonight. What if they would have lost that game, and all of a sudden yeah. the Browns pull out a, uh, a victory somehow magically? Now what?
1: Oh, that would have been Armageddon on the websites, on the uh, on everywhere. Oh, gosh. Right. Still City would be burning. Yeah. Um <laughs> and and then that's the point where you, that's the point where you sit and you look at like, aren't, what are you going to do? And at this point, that's, that's really what it is. I made a joke with one of my buddies at, about six, seven weeks ago, um, before they went on the winning streak, maybe, maybe a little bit longer ago, but um, towards the early part of the season, remember the movie Celtic pride when they went and kidnapped the guy, uh, kidnapped yes. a star player. I mean, I'm not advocating this, stop. But I would like to have a conversation and a long drive with Art Rooney and let them know that, look, we're tired of this. You've got to be tired of this. I mean, stop. Do something. Give me something. And I think that something is, I mean, I don't know if it's going to happen. I think that's something They're they're kind of, oh. they kind of take it by steps. In Pittsburgh, And I think the step First step would be defensive coordinator um, And I think The fans would have to say Okay, that's something um, Because When you look at When you look at the body of work They're not ready to let Mike Tomlin go And we might disagree with it I just don't see them doing it And um, That's all I can say about that But we gotta have something And I think it's gonna be Keith Butler
2: Yep, and they got to put some pieces in there that they need. We might need some more on offense and some more defense after because you can't afford yeah. to be in a game like this and then struggle to put points on the board. Just look at the Patriots game. They just barely won that game, too. I mean, look how many times they were moving the ball down the field and they couldn't get into the end zone, and that was with everybody on there. So something somewhere, play calling, too, could be part of it also, not being balanced enough. If I'm not even mistaken... Tonight,
1: If I'm not mistaken, of all the wins this team has had this season, and there have been nine of them, only one was decisive. Uh, Actually, two, because the uh, one game over Cleveland was decisive. Carolina was decisive. Everything else, um, the Baltimore win was not – ended up not being decisive. Um, They – they ended up. Uh, there were some nervous moments at the end of that game. The Tampa Bay game was not decisive. Um, well, I guess the Atlanta. So let's see. Three games. Three games were decisive because Atlanta was a, a decisive win as well. But other than that, that's not enough um, to be a playoff team. You've got to have more decisive games and not pulling out all of these at the end. And that's exactly what happened. Um, if they would have won one more of those games, they're not in this situation. But they put themselves in this situation, okay. and they've got nobody to blame but themselves. We've got yep. nobody to blame but themselves, them. So, yep. at that point, we just gotta hope that they do the right things and uh, come back, and we have a a, a good 2019,
2: Vito. Yeah, that's our New Year's 90 wish. 90. Yeah, if they would have won the Chargers game, we'd be having a different conversation now. That was a game they should have won.
1: And you know what? If they win that Chargers game. I don't know if they lose the Oakland game. I I think I think there's a domino effect too. Right. Um, right. But that makes me wonder. Then if they if they win the uh, if they win the New England game. So I mean, there's there's so many. I mean. Sure. Ifs and buts that we can look at But uh, this is the situation We're in right now
2: Yep, it's unfortunate But it happened
1: You know what, let's go back To your your earlier thoughts <laughs> Excuse me, let's hope it just Makes them humble And uh, they come back with a fire And that's uh, that's uh, All all we've got to look at now And if something crazy happens Which we none of us Thinks that it will But you would think that if somehow that they get in, then they're going to – you want to see a different mindset and something different than what we saw in that field tonight, even though it ended with a win. But, Vito, thank you so much for everything. It's been a great season. And we'll talk to you more. Thank you. Take care, Vito. Happy
2: New Year. Happy New Year. You and your families.
1: Same to you. Well, yeah, definitely Happy New Year, to Vito. We appreciate all his contributions. Um, Tony, where does this team go from
0: here? Uh, well, like you said, uh, you have to go a different direction with the, the, uh, def- the uh, with Keith Butler. He can't continue this uh, same uh, <clears throat> theme with with the defense. You have to get rid of him. And uh, to me, that's that's the only place because you know I think Randy Secker had a good year and I think you stay with, you have with the offensive coordinator, but you, you definitely have to uh, change defensive coordinators. If I'm Art a second, I definitely have to uh, go in a, in a different direction on defense.
1: Well, yeah, there are going to be some other changes on this team. Um, the one glaring, I don't know, and I don't really think that Ramon Foster comes back next year. So I can actually see them looking for another offensive lineman. If he does come back, he'll come back on the very cheap. He will be cut. Um, they will cut ties with him, and maybe late later in the offseason they would bring him back. Um, but that just remains to be uh, a question mark there. I don't know if Marcus Gilbert – I feel like we didn't really have Marcus Gilbert on this team all year anyways. I know he played in some games. I don't expect uh Marcus to be back. Um you know, I'm looking down I'm looking down the roster. I don't know Vance McDonald's situation. I uh, he could possibly be a free agent, but I'd love to see him back. Um Chris Boswell, that's a big question mark. I know they would owe him a lot of money, but uh <clears throat> do you really want to uh play that game again next year? Um because we could talk, that's something we haven't talked about yet, is, uh, is Chris Boswell. Um, almost makes me wonder if, uh, I mean, have you heard anything yet? Because I don't believe he was injured. He was talking on Thursday like he feels like he finally turned the corner, and next thing you know, he's on IR. So um, I, don't know. I think that was a mental health move. I don't know.
0: No, yeah, it was pretty weird because you hear you heard nothing, and all of a sudden, Matt Crane was, back, was 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 the uh, the the kicker going to week seventeen. So, I'm thinking it was more of a uh, like you said, a mental, a, a mental health issue, and and they were gonna you know hope like see what happens uh, uh, in 2019. Well,
1: also, you know, to me, it the smells of. The game they've played all year with him, they brought they brought kickers in twice this year to try to scare him. Um, I believe this was a move. This was a low impact move to say, "Hey, you're replaceable." And although uh, kids, <laughs> they still went through. They weren't perfect. They weren't pretty, but they all went through. The kickoffs were were uh, rough, but you know. No problem. But uh, for me, I mean, I still think it's it's the game they're playing with him, and I'm tired of games with his team. I'd, I'd like them to uh, – I think they played games with Le'Veon Bell this year, and they, both sides lost that. But both sides were playing games. And uh, maybe the games have to end. And uh, maybe it's time to forget about strategy and just – start running your organization more like a business. Um, And that's what we see in other successful locations. Um, Tony, let's go back to the phones. Another great caller from this year as we go to the great state of Georgia. And let's talk to our good friend, Nick. Nick, what's going on?
3: Hey, guys. Brian, Tony, you know, uh, it's – I don't know it's almost like uh after today's game, I was just catching I didn't catch the very beginning of the show, but from um, um from the point I got in, maybe about ten minutes late, it sounds like you're hitting on a lot of themes that um that were all in my head, and you know, in a way, after today's game, I mean I would have loved Cleveland to pull it out, and you know, we had the nice uh little sports bar here with a good fifteen twenty everybody rooting for it and on uh, our tippy toes there seeing what's going to happen and stuff and it was a letdown um but after today it's almost like it's almost a relief in a way it's like i i don't even i don't even know what i could expect seeing this team just because of what they've done their body of work their body of work isn't that great it's great in some games but then other ones you just wonder you know how were they the way the week before it's just shocking um, but here's a couple of thoughts, just things I jotted down as is to share with you guys tonight. Um, there are, first of all, before the game, I was listening in the local talk, uh, had, uh, Mr. Rooney on, on an interview and I don't, I, I did not catch if it was alive. I was driving at the time, or if that was a taped one from earlier this week, but I will say something. He was pressed in the first three questions about changes and stuff. And I have heard him in the past say, pass things off. But every time he was asked, he said, oh, we we definitely want to do a full accounting. He just sounded more aggressive because I've heard these press conferences by Mr. Rooney before. And I am just hoping that he is aggressive because things need to change. Here's some other things that were dug up. And I don't, I don't know if you've ever written an article or anybody's done any research on this. Supposedly the Steelers have, in regards to coaching assistant coaches and assistants to assistants, so, in other words, the coaching staff, whatever titles they may have, we are not by one or two or tied for the bottom. We are by, the words were, by far the least staffed team in the league. Okay? So, when we start talking every week about these decisions, and even the situations like, I guess, I've, I've heard the Saints beat writers. I've read, I went to their pages after the Saints lost, and I'm sitting there on the third and twenty and they're saying, well, that's a play that they had gone to and it worked before. To me, if Mr. Butler doesn't have the time to do the research on what the Saints might run on a situation of third and 20 towards the end of the game, then he needs some staff. But I'm not absolving Keith because I want him gone just like you guys do. Um, but the point is, is that Mr. Rooney's got to sit there with Mike and say, you've had free reign for a number of years, you, you, and we've all gone over this, the challenges, the replays, um, you know, the, the questionable – clock management both at halftime or before the half and at the end of the game, when to call timeouts, leaving your offense time, et cetera, et cetera. He has to be pushed and say, you know what, it's going to have to change. No more by the guts. You can do it by your gut, you know, maybe once or twice in a season, but this can't be every week and change the story or the narrative changes every week. It just can't happen. Yet sometimes you got to look at the guys who have been Hall of Fame type coaches in the method and methodology that they've used. And sometimes you have to replicate it. It has to be done. There's a reason why those coaches are Hall of Fame coaches. It's a reason why they use the clock management the way they do. Uh, Enough said on that. But I will tell you, uh, I loved (laughs) the comments already this this evening about Williams, and I've gone to the Browns' website. I cannot believe there's three beat writers who are all saying that Williams is the dark horse for the Browns' job. To me – This is a panacea for this team. This is the exact type of defensive head coach. And I'm going to remind all Steeler Nation, uh, just because, again, I go to the Browns sports page and the Baltimore sports page all the time during the season. When they let go of Hugh Jackson, they – I mean, they were just – you just look at it. You look at it online. Anybody can read it. The negativity and – this is a hopeless situation. It ain't going to do much more better. This, is, this whole season's lost, blah, blah, blah. All this negativity, all I can say is, is that I think when we switch out for a Greg Williams type of defensive coach who always has a history of a defense creating turnovers, uh, a, a defense that will you know, go to the mat for you. I mean, the players love playing for him. Never heard really anybody say anything negative about playing with him. If we had that type of head or defensive coach, I think in a year from now, we'll all be sitting here saying, geez, I wish we would have done it a year or two earlier. Because be, I think there'll be such a defensive, uh, just a just a difference. You know, um, I don't mind losing by, you know, being aggressive. And, you know, maybe somebody gets burned or a wide receiver makes a great catch or, you know, you're blitzing in uh, in the fourth quarter with two minutes and somehow the, the uh, quarterback escapes and stuff and makes a great play and stuff. But I can't stand sitting there getting picked apart all the way down the field and then praying that somebody's going to make a mistake at the very last couple of seconds and we're going to pull out the win. That's not coaching in my mind. It's just just not. Um, And the last point I'll leave you guys with is the drafting. Colbert is not absolved. There's some hits, of course, like Watt and Schuster lately, but there's also times when he's rushing up to the darn podium not giving this team a chance to stockpile picks, you know we got a perfect chance right now. we not. We should not have 2018 redux in this draft in 2019. If those linebackers go out, you you sit there then and you take, uh, you go back a couple slots and take the next guy. You don't sit there and say, well, we invited Ryan here to go bring up our selection. There's no way we weren't making that selection. Remember that was a quote in the papers. They said. We had to we had to make a pick. We had this guy rated highly, and when Mr. Shazier was there, and we, he was going to go up there and walk and make our pick. In other words, we're not making him. He's not going to come around tomorrow to make him in the second round because we got this forum all set up for him. That's that's crazy and ludicrous. And uh, I think uh, that great strategy of switching and saying, "Oh, we missed out on uh, LVE, and we missed out on Evans from Tennessee, so now we're going to sit there and." Um, we're going to change our whole philosophy, and, and we're we're we trend centers of the league. We're going to have five and six defensive backs because that's the way the league's changing, and we're going to be ahead of the game, and that's what we're way we're going, the direction NFL is going. Well, this season, that defense proved that isn't the direction. So let's get on the inside linebacker scouting train and make a great selection this draft. And with that said, boys, I'll turn it over to you.
1: Now, you know what? I completely agree with that. Go ahead, Tony.
0: Oh no, I agree. We definitely need a. Uh, 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 we we have to try to find a way to uh, make it for the loss of uh, Brian Cheese here, because as we uh, saw this year, um, he is a a a, a unique a unique player, and you can't replace him with a Vince Williams or a John Bostick. So uh, I don't know what their, what their final uh, draft position will be, but you, you definitely have to try to find a way to to uh, uh, replace Brian Cheesier. Hey guys, you guys, know,
1: quick definitely question. Do. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say,
3: just, 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 you know, close your eyes now and daydream we're sitting here next year. And could you picture if we got a guy, uh, one of those two inside linebackers with Alabama who are really quick, or I think, I think his last name is White with LSU. I know these guys are all guys who supposedly have numbers in the, cheesier type of thing, really fast linebackers and stuff. But could you imagine if we had – if Thomas, we, we, you know, we kept him on the practice squad now. Thank God he didn't get poached and stuff. And I know he, he doesn't have all the brains. Everybody admits that. But as a player, he's, he's a player. He is a football player. And he's, he's got a body of work in college. But what they are is two, if we had two athletes there instead of two, I mean, pedestrian type of linebackers. Even if they make mistakes, I know that Tomlin and, you know, and Butler hopefully he's gone, but I know that they don't – they can't – they cringe if they give up a big play. But could you imagine the athleticism and, you know, maybe the 90 plays they make. I'll take the great 90 plays that they make, getting sideline to sideline and stopping plays, then maybe five or ten bonehead plays they might. I mean, I'm willing at this point to sacrifice because this team is so obvious to part over the middle. It's so easy as an opposing play uh, team – to find to know which what you're playing, where the weakness is with the Steelers, do you agree?
1: I definitely agree. But the entire time you were talking, I was I had my eyes closed and I was imagining one of those quick guys. I would love to see it. But I'm also a part of me, Nick. I want you to think about what's more important. And I'll ask you right now: is a shutdown corner if they could find one, is that more important than an inside linebacker, right? Right now. And I'm almost wondering if uh, I don't have the answer. Um, so for me, I'm hoping they look at both or mm-hmm. at least go to free agency for one. Yeah, bingo.
3: Bingo. Yep. Yep. But, I agree. I mean, what do you I think? think?
1: What's your gut saying? Who's, what's bigger right now? And your comments weren't wrong at all. Inside linebacker is a huge need. But a shutdown corner because Joe Hayden's not a guarantee to be back next year.
3: <laughs> yeah. And he's he's 31 or 32 years old. No, I agree. But I think because being in the field, in the middle of the field is so much more to me important than a perimeter. Um, I'm going to solidify that if I have the choice first. And um, I, but I do agree what the Steelers got to do is they've got to look at this as I know we don't have two number one picks, hmm. but I am saying you've got to look at that cap space as a number one pick, and the draft as a number one pick, and with those, with that allotment of money, you know whether it be seven to ten million, you got to get a Joe Hayden comparable type player, or an a linebacker that's on par in the top maybe fifteen at their position, ten to fifteen at their position, and then go over on the cornerback side. But you're right. Those those two things, like I said, you got to look at them as number one picks, and you got to fulfill both of them with those two slots.
1: Absolutely. Let me ask you. An, let me ask you another crazy question. This uh, when you were talking about Greg Williams, because we talked about him at the beginning of the show a couple times. We talked about Greg Williams. I love this guy, and I know he has that black mark on his record with uh, Bounty Gate from ten years ago. Forget about that, as far as I'm concerned. Just the body of work. Look what he does everywhere he goes. He makes defenses better. do you think a guy like Greg Williams could turn a player like Hard burns
3: around? I don't know, and I've never really read how much hands on he is in the development of especially secondary players i mean i I've always seen and 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 heard when, wow. you know, talking about retired players who've or players who have gone to other teams about Williams. It seems like they're always linebackers and defensive linemen who are always really complimenting him. That's not to say that that's exclusive. I'm just saying that that's the players that are coming in my head that have played seem, you know, in the front seven type of uh, players. But I will say this much, going back to one of my first comments, I think Greg Williams surely wouldn't hesitate in saying, hey, I need some staff people to develop these, uh, these uh, guys who have all, all the raw skills, but they're not performing. And I just, like I said, back to the understaffing of this unit, this uh, Steelers coaching staff. Uh, you know, Mr. Rooney, it's time, that's, a, that's a place where you do deserve to get, you know, butt your head and uh, poke around and to insist on this is the way it's going to be. Um, yeah, uh, you know, that's what I think Greg Williams would bring, would sit there and say, hey, need, need some guys, some veteran, some veteran coaching to uh, with these guys. I need, him to, uh, I need him to be developed. I mean, and, and you look at He's got Ward. He's got Randall with a cast off at Green Bay playing pretty darn good. There's another player which escapes my memory, but he was a cast-off, a free agent, and he—he's making plays. So, you know, as a defensive coordinator, he's—he's he's shown me more in ten games than Keith Butler has in what two or three, four years right right now, something like that. So,
1: that's where it definitely. is. <laughs> and when you take—you take a five and three season is what he has had of the head, as the head coach of this team, and you double it, that's a ten and six season. And I mean, I'm not saying that would have been possible, but who knows? We do, we don't know the answer to that, but that would have been enough to go ahead and uh, compete for the division. And uh, so that would have been amazing. He almost swept the Ravens. They lost that game tonight, but that would have been that would have been sweeping. Well, actually, no. I mean, let me take that back. That was Hugh Jackson's win. Um, but this team almost swept the Ravens. But this, this guy, he has done a lot. Um, in this little bit of time, I just think they're going for the home run. I think they're going for Mike McCarthy. I think Ken Riley. Um, this uh, this GM has ties to both Dorsey. of those guys. I think. Yep. Yeah, Dorsey, John Dorsey has has ties, and I think he's going for a home run. And uh, you know, I can understand doing that, um, especially where the arrow is pointing, but. You know, if I'm a Browns fan, I'm happy with the performance of this guy, and I'd say don't mess with it. Let's just see where we can go from here. But that's not realistic either. Um, So, Brian, I mean uh, – One more thing.
3: Uh, It's just, you know, the season – I posted a couple of things online, but I mean, I pointed to specific games that we lost, three to four of them in regards to officiating. In an indirect way, the officiating did 100% again – affect another Steelers' outcome. Because this NFL, this billion-dollar industry, just put on a game where the Browns, first of all, they lost seven. And and sure, it was almost as bad as the Hayden defensive pass interference. You don't blow a whistle dead on that goal line play. But uh, more importantly, the consistency is so bad, I would just ask you, because I was watching the whole thing, I don't know how much you guys were watching. You watch those last two drives of the Cleveland Browns, and you look at those defensive backs of the Ravens. Every every pass play, not just one, the last pass play. Every pass play, those guys have arms around the hip, arms on the back, jumping over before the ball gets there. And I give the Ravens credit because they're getting away with it. But the point is, you got a product NFL that you put out there that from one week to the next, one team was robbed, and then your standard changed the next week to allow a defense to literally, uh, you know. Uh, steal the uniforms off the Browns wide receivers. It was, it was terrible. I like I said, challenge for any football fan. Go watch those last two drives of the Browns. Watch what happens to all their wide receivers. See how much they're beat up before a ball even gets there, and then when it gets there, see what happens too. You know, all the hand play.
1: Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I definitely saw that too. I mean, that was that. Was, uh, something that was definitely egregious. Um, you know. But uh, they have proven that they can't beat the officials. And here's the way you talk about more staff members. How about a cheap guy, maybe an ex-official or just an extra pair of eyes upstairs, I've been calling for this for the last six weeks, and take challenges out of Mike Tomlin's pocket and someone that is on top of it and saying, like, no, don't throw the flag there. Do not throw the flag there. I mean, that, that's, that's – and these teams have these guys. That's, that's not a lot of money, and it doesn't affect the cap. They can afford <laughs> no. that. They can do that. Just do it. That's and then, look, Mike Tomlin's a very stubborn coach, and I'm sure most coaches are stubborn, but come on. This is just something – if you said that to me and I was the coach, I'm going to take this out of your hands, I'd be like, you know what, I'm fine with that. Whatever, yeah, Mr. Rooney, let's go ahead and spend, do that. whatever gives us a chance,
3: yep, Mr. Rooney, you spend sit on on a cap you spend a hundred and sixty hundred seventy hundred eighty million dollars on all these players. there's all the stadium stuff, all the extra- th- i mean we all know it goes into the billions, so you, you you're gonna sit there and not hire a guy to sit up there with the credentials you just said for maybe ten thousand- eight ten thousand dollars a game and to provide expertise with a little fricking buzzer to buzz down the mic, you know, and tell them, hey, this is really, this is a bad, you know, you better pull out your red flag or you better not. I mean, it's just ridiculous to spend all that money in one way, and you're not going to spend it on something that could literally give you one or two victories in a year or affect an outcome or or give you a better chance
1: to win. It's just crazy, crazy. (laughs) Because if I'm the head coach, if I'm the head coach, I'm saying, you know what, I'll take the help. That doesn't make me look bad. No, i take the help. Extra pair of eyes. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Talk about being <laughs> humble. That's being
3: humble. If we're sitting here 10 years from now, and we're reviewing, say, Mike coaches in there 10 years, and he goes in there a Super Bowl or two, and uh, do you think anybody's going to write the article and say, yeah, but when he hired that guy for uh, $10,000 a game and, uh, you know, the game management improved, that's what made Mike Tomlin a, you know, a, a great coach. Nobody's going to say that. Nobody's going to write it. They're just going to say, damn, that Mike Tomlin was one of the most successful coaches for a 25-year time period. you know what I mean? That's why, why is it even in the head why you've about it?
1: I'm going to speak for Tony, and, Tony, I'm sure you would agree with me. Challenge accepted. We're going to write that article if that scenario <laughs> plays out just that way. Right, Tony? <laughs> oh, okay.
0: absolutely agree, 100%. <laughs> yep.
1: Because, like, I don't All know right, how much you read Tony's stuff, but Tony has no problem taking on the fans and taking on authority. That's what I love about him.
2: There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All
3: right, guys. God bless. Nick, Happy New thanks Year. Thanks so
1: much. Happy New Year, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. You too.
3: You got it. Take
1: care. I love listening to Nick. I, you know, definitely, he has great insight as well. I mean, I, we are blessed to have the colors that we do. Um, and uh, we'd love to have more of them So you know what to do You know it's easy to call in 347-850-8581 But we're going to get ready to wrap things up um, you know, We're coming up on the hour mark of the show Tony going forward um, It's still fourteen seven if I'm not mistaken in, Indian- in Tennessee with Indianapolis leading I mean there's a chance I still doubt it's going to happen so I'm still uh talking um actually no I am wrong if I'm looking now. I've been uh focused more on the show. Um I believe the Colts have a twenty four to ten lead now. Yes. So it's uh with six fifty seven left in the third. Um it's looking like that miracle is definitely not gonna happen and I don't think we uh we really thought it would, but, uh, you know, let's hope maybe, uh, Blaine Gabbert can get his team going and tie this game up. And, and we get some kind of, uh, I've been overusing up a miracle, Tony.
0: But uh, what a, uh, what a thing that depends on, uh, Blaine Gabbert at the end, at the end of the year. Um, what, uh, like f- five or six plays basically that determined the season. And, um, and they last year they came through in those circumstances and, and uh, uh, 2018 they didn't. And to me, that defines the, uh, uh, the 2018 season.
1: Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, well, you know what? We have plenty of ways to define our entire season here, Tony. Um, look, even though it's a winning season, it's still a disappointment. It's uh it's something that uh, we do uh, – I mean, we wish it was something more. But I'm going to go hop on uh, Vito's idea and say that, you know, hopefully that they could uh, make those adjustments. And if you're like me, and I'm going to ask you straight up, do you think that the adjustments are not that tough or easier said than done?
0: Well, I mean – uh, the NFL in 2018 is, it, it's it just, it's, it's, it's it comes down to a few plays and, and, and I think they can make the adjustments. They just need to um, keep Butler needs, needs to be terminated, I think. And, and I don't know what, like what, what, if it's like a Greg Williams or somebody like that, they can come in and, and uh, make the difference, but they definitely need a, a, a different direction on defense. And, and, on offense it's a matter of of Ben uh just not making the same mistakes he did last uh this past season. So yeah. I think they can definitely turn the corner. It's just a matter of of execution. Like they did in twenty seventeen. Twenty eighteen they came up short in their scheme moments.
1: Yeah, they did. And uh so We've got to believe I'm a big believer in this team in this organization in everything, and we've got to believe that they can go ahead and move it forward. um that's another season of the hangover that's another season of Pittsburgh Steelers football. It looks like hopefully we're we're uh we're back very soon, and uh, the way the new format is going, I would not be surprised if you hear us very soon, so I'm not going to say uh goodbye for the season. I'm just going to say goodbye for the night. Um, with that being said, Tony, thank you for all your contributions this season. I wish it was a better 2018 season, and I wish we were talking in in February about our Steelers going to warmer locales, my
0: friend. Oh, yeah, me too. Uh, you know, the NFL is a game of inches, and this year the the, uh, the Steelers came up short and hopefully they can uh, rebound next year, and hopefully we can talk uh, maybe uh, after about some other part of the uh, maybe free agency. Who knows?
1: We'll be talking to you soon. For all of our listeners, for Behind the Steel Curtain, Happy New Year. Thank you very much for all the support you've given us. Remember, Behind the Steel Curtain, for all of your Pittsburgh Steeler information, it's chock full of it. Like I said, ten different articles every week. We run four podcasts a week. Excuse me, not every week, every day. We run that much. There are so many great minds. Um, I'm in awe that I, I'm even a part of it. Um, and I'm, I'm thankful and blessed and actually surprised that I'm a part of it. But uh, I love what we do here at Behind the Still Curtain, and I know you will, too. Keep checking in with us. And for the Pittsburgh Steelers, for Tony Defio, my name's Brian Anthony Davis. You've just been hungover. Good night, my friends.